turn our Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Chronicles. We'll be in 2 Chronicles chapter number 24. 2 Chronicles chapter number 24. And I'm going to read two verses of Scripture for our text. But I do want you to keep your Bibles open because we will uh, look at a couple of places in chapter 23 as well as uh, another place in chapter number 24 uh, this morning. Uh, there's, there's about four messages uh, that I've prepared from uh, these couple of chapters in Second Chronicles. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to attempt to preach them all to you uh, this morning. Uh, but uh, I will probably preach all of them. I don't know if I will preach them all uh, in succession, but uh, I, I believe there's some, in, some truths this morning, uh, or truths in these couple of chapters that will be uh, greatly used in our lives, but this morning uh, we're going to let the life of one man uh, illustrate some scriptural principles uh, that I believe that will be a help to us. Second Chronicles chapter number 24, we're going to read verse 15 and 16 for our text this morning, and then again I'll encourage you to keep your Bibles open as we'll look in a couple of different places. The Bible says in verse 15, but Jehoiada waxed old and was full of days when he died. A hundred and thirty years old was he when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings, because he had done good in Israel both toward God and toward his house. Now here's a man by the name of Jehoiada. Jehoiada was a priest. He was not a king. We find in verse 16 something that is interesting to me, and we'll expand on it this morning. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings. This morning, I want to preach on this subject with this title, Buried Among the Kings. I'm going to pray in just a moment, and then we'll use the Word of God to peek into the life of Jehoiada, to find out some things, find out what made it such that the people said, he's not a king, but we want to give an honor to him that is worthy of a king, and we want to bury him among the kings. Uh, let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, I pray uh, that you'll help us this morning. I pray the Spirit of God will uh, work through me. I pray the Spirit of God would speak to hearts this morning. And the message that you've brought to my attention today, may uh, it be delivered as you'd have it to be delivered. And Father, I pray that we would be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God and to act as he would lead us this morning. Father, I pray that there's one here unsaved. They uh, never placed their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. May today be their day of salvation. Uh, may a uh, child of God who's been away from you, may they uh, restore their fellowship today. And Father, may we all be encouraged and challenged by the word of God today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Jehoiada, as I've mentioned, uh, is a priest. He is what I like to find in scripture. Uh, it's what I like to find when uh, I read history. It's that unexpected hero. It's that one that you didn't expect to make a difference that made a difference. We find an interesting period of history in uh, the nation of Israel. It's an unsettled time. Uh, it just seemed as you read through the pages of Second Chronicles, uh, there's a king, and by the next chapter, he's dead. And there's another king, and by the next chapter, he's dead. And we find uh, an interesting period of time in the, in the, in the history of the nation of Israel. Uh, during this time, uh, in our text, we find that there was a man named Jehoiada, 
and they buried him among the kings. This was a great honor to be buried among the kings. The kings were not buried where everybody else was buried. If you were not a king and you died, it was up to you or somebody that knew you or loved you just to make sure you got in the ground or you weren't getting in the ground. But yet with a king, it was a big ceremony. With a king, it was a big deal. It was probably similar in that time as it is when we have a president who passes away. It is a, it is a big deal. It is a production. It's a chance for others to honor this man who served in our nation's history. But they buried him among the kings. What was it that made this man, man, this man made such a difference that the nation determined to give him such an honor? Well, we must look at the period of history that we're in. During this time, uh, there is a wicked woman by the name of Athaliah, the mother of King Ahazi. Ahazi was a wicked king who was killed. His mother, Athaliah, then killed all of the royal seed from the house of Judah. Uh, the beginning of chapter 24 tells us this. And, I'm sorry, 23 tells us this. And she killed uh, King Ahazi, boy, I'm tongue-tied this morning, and uh, killed all of the seed of the, the house of Judah. So we find her son, who is a king, has been killed. Out of retaliation, she kills all of the royal descendants so that they could not be king except for one. One was spared, and I may preach on that tonight. But we find now a situation in the kingdom when there is no king. There is not one established on the throne of David. God raises up this man by the name of Jehoiada. Jehoiada was favored by God and the people. We read in our text this morning that he was buried among the kings. Stay with me this morning. He made such a difference in that generation that when his life came to an end, the nation, it was a natural response for them to treat him, even though he was not a king, as if he had been a king. What an impact a man would make. You expect this from a king. You expect when a king lives and he dies and he had blessed the people and <clears throat> the people had benefited to be treated in such a manner. But here was a man who was not a king, who did not have authority bestowed upon him. He had responsibility bestowed upon him. But he lived his life in a period of time that when his life was over, they treated him as if he were a king. This morning... I might be speaking to a grandparent. You never intended to be responsible for your grandchild. This morning, I might be speaking to a single parent, a single mom, and you never intended to be responsible, for, responsible and be mom and dad. Maybe this morning there's a Sunday school teacher. You didn't realize that there would be some student of yours that requires so much attention. Or maybe this morning it's just a Christian man, a Christian woman, you never intended to be the hope for another Christian. You're just trying to keep it together for you. <clears throat> maybe it's a school teacher, or, or maybe it's just mom and dad, and, and you look at the, the responsibilities that God has given you and, and you, and you, and you don't have a title this morning. Uh, you, you don't have a, 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 a descent, you're not a descendant of royalty this morning. But I would challenge you this morning <clears throat> that somebody 
in your life needs a hero. Somebody in your life needs somebody to rise to the occasion and accept the responsibility and to seize the opportunity to make a difference in their life. Friend, this morning I want us to peek into the life of Jehoiada. And we see the end of it in our text this morning. We see the end of when his life is over. The people gave him the greatest honor they could bestow upon him. They looked back on his life and they reflected on the difference that he made. Not just individually, but as a nation. I wonder this morning if uh, his life can be a help to us. I want us to look uh, as we move quickly this morning throughout the message. I want us to see first of all in chapter number 23, in the first verse of chapter number 23. And in the seventh year, Jehoiada strengthened himself. Let me pause just a moment. I, I, I mentioned that this wicked woman, Athaliah, killed all of the seed who, who, who would be descendants of the throne, except for one. There was a, a child named Joash, and I'll probably preach on that tonight, uh, unless the Lord changes my mind, and, and he was preserved, and he grew up in the home of Jehoiada. And we find in verse number one, in this time of turmoil, there's nobody sitting on the throne. Uh, we find in verse 1, in the seventh year, Jehoiada strengthened himself and took the captains of hundreds, Azariah the son of Jeroram, and Ishmael the son of Jehoinahan, and Azariah the son of Obed, and Messiah the son of Adiah, and Elshaphat the son of Zechariah, into covenant with them. Now those names mean nothing to this point. I just want to make sure you were paying attention. I want you to notice the first part of verse 1, in the seventh, in the seventh year, Jehoiada strengthened himself. That's the first thing I want us to see. In the life of Jehoiada, first of all, he did take time to strengthen himself. He took time to prepare himself to make sure he was what he was supposed to be. Well, I think every parent, when they hold that child in their arms, when they're first born, what an exciting time that is. Responsibility along with the joy. I think every parent has dreams for that child. Every mom is going to be the perfect mom. I'm not, I'm not making all the mistakes all these other moms make until they have that child. And then it's just like, i got to hold on to this for 18 years and then I can be done with it. Responsibility. Christians, they want to make a difference. I don't know about you, child of God, but I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in the life of somebody else. Sunday school teacher gets a Sunday school class for the first time. Well, I want to make a difference. We hear those stories of how God used a Sunday school teacher in the life of somebody else. Well, I think generally speaking, we all want to help somebody else. But so many Christians, or should I say many Christians, fail to ever have the opportunity because they don't strengthen themselves. They don't take care of the things in their own life 
young couples and parents, if you, if you have a child in that nursery this morning, you're not going to be able to be what that child needs unless you prepare yourself to be what you're supposed to be. Well, every uh, person who wants to make a difference, Christians who say, I want to make a difference in the life of someone else, if you're not careful, the, the months will go to years and the years, the decades, and opportunity will slip by and will be wasted and be missed because we did not take time to strengthen ourselves. There is something to us just being what we're supposed to be. Uh, put, the, put the dreams down for just a moment and ask yourself the question, is your relationship with God what it's supposed to be? Every person this morning, every parent who has a child still in your house, it is important that you strengthen yourself. It's important that you get in the Word of God for you. It's important that you get in the prayer closet for you. It's important that you strengthen yourself long before the challenge comes, long before the opportunity comes. Jehoiada did not understand what was coming. We'll see it in just a moment, the battles that were fought. And I would contend with you this morning, I would submit to you today that if he had not prepared himself, he would not have been up. To the challenge. Friends, strengthen yourself. Work on your own Christian life. The problem this morning is not the heart to help. The problem is the character and the willingness to prepare ourselves in a way that we can help. That we can be what we should be for somebody else. Notice the time that he took to strengthen himself. Well, we have many who want to use their life to be in ministry. If you don't prepare yourself, you're not going to help somebody else. Dad, the best thing you can do for your home is be in church on Sunday morning. Mom, the best thing you can do for you, you, you can you can connect with so many people. You can read a stack of books. You can get every theory out there. But if you have not strengthened yourself, you're not going to be able to help somebody else. We see before the opportunity presented itself, he had prepared himself. He had strengthened himself. And by the way, just let me interject here. Uh, we need to give this a little bit more of a priority. We like to help people, and we like to know that our life made a difference. But it's the strengthening that leads to that. Christian, don't neglect your prayer life because you're busy serving God. Don't neglect your prayer time because you're too busy serving God. If you've got to choose between being busy around the Emmanuel Baptist Church and coming to work nights and helping in ministries, and if your schedule is such, if you have to choose between being busy around the house of God or strengthening yourself in the Word of God, listen to your pastor this morning. Strengthen yourself in the Word of God. Because the time is coming when the busyness will not fill that need. The busyness is not going to keep you in the fight. It's only you strengthening your relationship with God. 
We find, first of all, I find as I look at the life of Jehoiada, I ask myself that question. I've been pondering this for some time. Why did they bury him among the kings? Well, it all goes back to he strengthened himself. Secondly, this morning, I want us to look at chapter 23, verse 9 and 10. More, as you can imagine, a king has been killed in chapter 22. The mother of the king kills everybody she knows that could possibly be a descendant to the throne. So as you can imagine, there's turmoil in the kingdom. Uh, There's chaos in the kingdom. Look at verse number, let's go back to verse 7. And the Levites shall compass the king round about. This is that young man, Joash, that was rescued. Every man with his weapons in his hand, and whosoever else cometh into the house, he shall be put to death. But, but be ye with the king when he cometh in, and when he goeth out. So the Levites and all Judah did according to all things that Jehoiada the priest had commanded, and took every man his men that were to come in on the Sabbath with them that were to go out on the Sabbath. But Jehoiada the priest dismissed not the courses. Moreover, Jehoiada the priest delivered to the captains of hundreds spears and bucklers and shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of God. We find Jehoiada the priest, he's fulfilling his responsibilities as the priest. But there is no king. So scripture tells us that he goes and he gets the spears and the bucklers and the shields. That had been King David's. And he delivered them to the captains. The second observation I make in the life of Jehoiada is he just filled a void. There was a need of leadership and he filled it. There was a need of somebody to fill a gap. The intention of God ultimately was for God to lead his people. But you know the story in the history of the, of the people of Israel. They said we want a king just like everybody else. So God gave them a king. And as long as the king followed God, as long as the king served God, God blessed and God provided and God fought their enemies. But the moment the king drifted away and went to the gods of, of, of the world, they lost favor with God and they were destroyed. It was never God's plan. For there to be no king, to be no leader. But because of the failures of men, there was a void. Jehoiada had a choice to make. Jehoiada could have said, it's not in my job description to get involved. I'll just fulfill my responsibilities as the priest. But there was a nation at stake. There was the life of the rightful king at stake. There was God and his honor and the people serving him. There was much at stake and he decided to fill a void. Christian, this day we live in, if you just make up your mind after you strengthen yourself in the word of God, in the things of God, if you just go looking for somebody who needs, has a need they need met, You'll never lack something to do. If this world we live in, and and it's just chaotic, and there are hurting people, and there are voids that need to be filled. 
But oftentimes, it is just apply this to the church. I appreciate you coming and letting me know that there's a need. Pastor, this isn't covered. Pastor, this didn't get, get taken care of. But let me tell you what I like a little bit better than that. Is somebody seeing a void and saying, nobody else is doing it, so I guess I'll do it now. Nobody else is fulfilling that responsibility, so I'll fulfill it now. Let's make it a little more personal. Who do you know where you could step in and fill a void of an example? Well, it's not my... We, we complain a lot. That's just generally speaking. We complain a lot. Well, we, we need more preachers who will pray like they ought to pray. Okay, well, maybe we don't have enough. How about you filling that void of prayer? Well, the pastor, he ought, maybe the pastor should, but if there's a void, why don't you step into it? Hey, young adult. Well, I don't feel called. Okay. Well, I'm going to meddle just for a minute. I just don't feel like that's what God would have me to do. This world is dying and going to hell. And there's a void. People just willing to say, I'll use the life that God has given me, the opportunities I've had to grow up in a Christian home, and I'll just step into that void. And I'll, I'll quit complaining about the fact there needs to be a voice, and maybe God will allow me to be a voice. What we don't understand and what we fail to realize is we find the end of the story with Jehoiada. When his life was done, the people said, what is the greatest honor we can bestow upon him? You, you can turn and we'll, 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 if I preach on it in the next few, few weeks, uh, there, there's a king that I'm going to preach on and he lives, he, he, he lives such a wicked life that they refuse to bury him among the kings. But here, here's a man who wasn't a king they had buried. Well, he, he, he fulfilled a void nobody else was filling. Christian, don't sit around and wait for everybody else to do it. You do it. You fill the void. Well, I hope the pastor comes through. Well, mom and dad, I'll do the best I can, but your kids aren't mine. You feel the responsibility that you're supposed to feel. You know, there's a lot of people, they just need somebody. Say, well, all my kids are grown, my responsibility. That's true. Couldn't you pray for somebody else's? Couldn't you determine to be an example for somebody else's? Uh, there's much that could be said there, but I'll move a little quicker. We find that he was willing to fill a void, and God blessed him for filling it. The third thing I noticed in the life of Jehoiada is that he battled for right. They crowned Joash king in this passage in, verse, in chapter 23. And now, verse 12, Now when Athaliah heard the noise of the people running, this is the wicked woman who killed all those who were the descendants. The noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people in the house of the Lord. Well, she, she's got a surprise coming. She looked, and behold, the king stood at his pillar, and he entered in, and the priests and the trumpets by the king and all the people of the land rejoiced and sounded with trumpets, also the singers with instruments of music. 
And such as taught to sing praise, then Athalia rent her clothes and said, Treason, treason. One of the messages that I, I may preach in this in this, this little mini-series is on her, and I've entitled it so far, uh, Don't Be a Drama Queen. Uh, she's shouting treason, treason. Look at verse 14. Then Jehoiada, the priest, brought out the captains of hundreds that were set over the host and said unto them, Have her forth of the ranges, and whoso followeth her, let him be slain with the sword. The priest says, Slay her not in the house of the Lord. So they laid hands on her, and when she was come to the entering of the horse gate by the king's house, they slew her there. I remind you, Jehoiada was not a king. He was not a warrior. But he still battled for right. Friend, we live in a day when there's never been a clearer contrast between right and wrong. God's people ought to battle for right. They ought to stand for right. Jehoiada said, don't kill her inside the house of the Lord, but when she leaves, y'all go, and anybody that goes with her, slay them. And they did slay her. They did take her life. He was willing to fight for that which was right. And friend, this is the, the point I want to make in this truth right here. Don't miss this. You, you don't always immediately see the results of fighting for right. You don't always see it right now. Parents, listen to me. Whether it's, it's a young couple, a single parent, whatever, listen to me. You must battle for those children. You must battle for right. You don't see the end now. But we have a responsibility. As, as a preacher of the gospel, as the pastor of this church, it's part of my responsibility to fulfill the call that God has placed on my life to stand for right, but battle for it. I don't understand the difference. I don't understand how you can stand for something if you're not willing to fight for it. If you're not willing to fight for it, you're not really willing to stand for it. And we must be willing to stand for right. Too many Christians try to weigh the consequences before they make their stand. And dare I say, there are too many preachers that are too concerned with how many Twitter followers they're going to lose if they take a stand. But is right not worth being defended? fought for. Jehoiada battled for right. And if we are going to make a difference in the life of anybody else, we must battle for right. Because ultimately, it is right that makes the difference. I, maybe this will make sense. I, as a pastor, I, I, have to, I, I am going to make this, I can't make anybody choose right. If I could, there's a few of you, you and I would be having a a lengthy conversation. And that's not my nature anyway. I enjoy studying the Word of God. I enjoy spending time with God. I enjoy getting 
a sense of what God wants me to bring to you. And as I've often said many times, long before God deals with you, when I preach it on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, or a Wednesday night, God has worked me over. I love preaching it, and my mentality is once I'm done preaching what God has instructed me to preach, my responsibility is done. And figuratively speaking, the burden goes from here into your lap. And now God will hold you responsible for the truths that were presented. And then one day when I stand before God, God will look at at, at my ministry. He'll look at me as the, the shepherd, the pastor of this church. And did he present that which I instructed him to present? And my prayer is, that'll be so. Then when each one of us give an account, they'll not be able to point at the pastor and say, he was faithful to bring it and put it in your lap. What did you do with it? What action did you take? My point is this. I fight for right. I fight for truth so that you, as a pastor, so that you have an opportunity to do right. You have an opportunity to grow as a Christian. One of the most satisfying things as a pastor, everybody, everybody with me this morning? Everybody okay? One of the most satisfying things as a pastor is watching the Christian growth in someone else. Nothing encourages me like that. Watching God do a work that only God can do. As much as I enjoy that, I can't make that happen. But if I'll stand for truth and right, it gives the opportunity for it to happen. Parents, you stand for truth and right, and you make sure your home is governed by the word of God. There's not a guarantee that your kids are going to turn out right. But it provides the opportunity for them to. Hey, Christian, we we live in a world where uh, especially today, if you're going to stand for right in a public manner, uh, oh, they're, they're going to, the devil's crowd's coming after you. They're going to confront you. We don't always see the benefit of it today. But don't we want to give, don't we want Joe Ash, that little boy who was saved and now put on a throne and he doesn't even know what's going on? Well, I got you there, kid. You're on your own now. Where do we get that mentality as Christians? Well, well, you got the crown on your head now. You take it from here. Will we not place the burden back on us as individual Christians? I have a responsibility to fill a void, but not just that. I'm willing to stand next to them and fight so that they, so that truth can continue on, so that that life has a chance. Every parent here, those of you that have reared your children, you know the battles you had to fight. We, we have to fight for truth. Fourthly and finally, and I'm out of time, we find in chapter number 24, after Athalia has been killed, Joash, we find in chapter number one, was seven years old when he began to reign. 
and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. We find a movement back to the things of God. The king that had been killed was, had moved away from God and Joash is bringing things back to the Lord. And one thing that, that was being done was the house of God was given the focus. And in verse number 10, and all the, let's go back to verse number 8 and at the, of chapter 24. And at the king's commandment, they made a chest and set it without at the gate of the house of the Lord. They made a proclamation through Judah and Jerusalem to bring it to the Lord, the collection that Moses, <clears throat> the servant of God, laid upon Israel in the wilderness. And all the princes and all the people rejoiced and brought in and cast into the chest until they had made an end. Now it came to pass that at what time the chest was brought unto the king's office by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money, the king's scribe and the high priest officer came and emptied the chest and took it and carried it by its place again. Thus they did day by day and gathered money in abundance. And the king and Jehoiada gave it to such as did the work of the service of the house of the Lord and hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord and also such as wrought iron and brass to mend the house of the Lord. So the workmen brought and they worked. Work was perfected by them and they set the house of God in his state and strengthened it. And when they had finished it, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada whereof were made vessels for the house of the Lord, even vessels to minister and to offer with all and spoons and vessels of gold and silver. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually, continually all the days of Jehoiada. The fourth observation I'll point out about the life of Jehoiada is that he assisted in building God's house. Buried among the kings. We read of no talent, although Jehoiada probably had some. We read of no special characteristics of Jehoiada other than his character. But yet he was given the honor of being buried among the kings. At his death, the greatest honor those people could have bestowed upon him. And we find his last years leading up to his death, the, the account that we just read, he spent his time assisting in building the house of God. Friend, this morning, Christian, this morning, if you want to make a difference in the life of somebody else, help build the house of God. Help build the things of God. Oh, what a, what a wonderful uh, a reminder this is in our life today. Boy, there, this is the place that others can come and find a refuge. This is a place that others can come and for the first time hear that Jesus died on the cross and paid for their sins so they wouldn't have to spend eternity suffering in, in a devil's hell and that they had hope and it was through Jesus Christ. Oh, it's the house of God uh, where our lives can be put back together and, and those with no hope and say, I've gone too far, I can't. there's nothing I can do, I've wasted my life. They can come and hear a message of hope that no matter how far you've drifted, your heavenly Father will take you back and no matter... How many mistakes you've made. There's always hope through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to make a difference in the life of somebody else, contribute to the house of God. Help build the house of God. Help build the work of God. Do put it where it is going to make the greatest difference. It's in the work of God. Jehoiada helped build the house of God. And Jehoiada died. The house of God was still there. The work that he did was still there.
And oh, the king they had. Jehoiada had a hand in that. Because he was willing to strengthen himself. There are some in here, some in here, I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can feel it, I can sense it. I, I know it when I pray for you, God wants to do something big in your life. God wants to use you. God wants you to make you something that you don't even realize that God would ever, ever, could possibly do with you. But if you don't strengthen yourself, you'll never make a difference in this world. If you don't get committed to the things of God, you'll never make a difference. Be faithful to the things of God. Be thankful, faithful to the house of God. Be faithful to the word of God. One life can make a difference in somebody who has no hope. But you've got to strengthen yourself. He was willing to fill a void. Well, who, whose kid is that? Well, pray for him. Who, fill a void. I just don't know when we're going to get So you do it. We've got to battle for that which is right. Then assisted building the house of God. See, I close with this. Someone needs a hero. There's an unsuspecting one who God will raise up to meet a need and to fill a void. It may mean that you consistently go to your prayer closet and you pray for someone. And in heaven, it'll be revealed. If not on this side of eternity, it'll be revealed, oh, that time when God got me through that because somebody was praying for me. Somebody was investing in me. See, Jehoiada never sought a great honor. A great honor was bestowed because he rose to the occasion not for himself but for others. Too many today are, are seeking honor, and I would say some seek honor, and others just seek to fulfill their duty and responsibility. Christian, you can make the difference in the life of somebody else. We've peeked into the life of Jehoiada this morning. Why was this man buried among the kings? But I, I, History. As another generation comes and they see where the kings were buried, they come to a name of Jehoiada. But when did Jehoiada reign? He never reigned. Why is Jehoiada buried with all these other kings? Because Jehoiada made such a difference. There wouldn't have been a king. If it had not been for Jehoiada, there wouldn't have been a house of God if Jehoiada had not assisted the king in building it. I believe that when we get to heaven, we're going to be amazed at the rewards that some have that we have no idea. The question I like to ask. And I'll close and go to invitation with this. There's an illustration in Scripture and then there's a historical 
question I'll ask. Most of you, many of you, I reference it often, know the story of how D.L. Moody, that great preacher of the past, who historians tell us there's a minimum of three million souls walk the aisles in his meetings for salvation. As a teenage boy, a Sunday school teacher got a burden for him and went and won him to Christ. God used D.L. Moody for a great, great ministry. There are millions that trusted Christ because of the yielded life of D.L. Moody. But in heaven, who gets more reward? D.L. Moody or for the one who got a burden for a young man who he had no idea would be a D.L. Moody? Would it be a wonderful thing if when we looked at other people, we didn't see them as we see them, but we see them as God sees them. In Scripture, we know we preached from the book of Acts for a year, the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Fascinating ministry. We know of his, we sit here today, the gospel getting around the world because of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. We know of his conversion. We know that he was on that road and he met the Lord Jesus Christ. It was in that confrontation, if you will, it was in that meeting that he trusted Christ as his Savior. But if you study the scripture, you find where he was, we know where he was going to. We always talk of that road to Damascus. We don't always put an emphasis on where he was coming from that I believe was still running through his mind when he ran head first into the Lord Jesus. It's the story, the account in Scripture of that man named Stephen who was stoned for his belief his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us about the life of Stephen. He was a man full of the Holy Ghost. And the message that he preached that morning, uh, in, in an account of Scripture, a lot of pre- in his death, a lot of preachers couldn't handle today. Even in his death, as they're stoning him, what, what, a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a powerful, powerful testimony as he gives his life willingly... For this one called Jesus. You find in that account. There's a man holding all the coats. All the coats. Of those that would stone him. It's a man by the name of Saul. Who would be converted and become the apostle Paul. Who could God use if we would just be the Jehoiada in their life so that they have an opportunity to be used by God? Who could have a happy, what little child could have a happy home one day and, and, and have, a, have a wonderful marriage one day and have children that would honor the Lord one day if somebody would just be a Jehoiada 
in their life so that they could have the opportunity. Father, I pray that you'll 